coronavirus is the worst thing to happen to Italy since Paolo. That it, that it, that it. Mm-hmm. I'm Meg Jansen. I'm Noah Jansen. I'm Eliza Jansen. And this is Twin Picks. Gosh, I love movies. Twin Picks, the pop culture podcast where a pair of actual real-life human twins and Amiya make a double feature out of two movies that share some kind of tenuous connection and decide which one does its job better. How are we? How are we all? Eliza, Eliza doing that um, Italian accent just then reminded me of how racist we were for the Irishmen and we're back, time in America. back to anti-Italian belly. Now, I do want to preface this episode by explaining why we chose yeah, your true movie story. <laughs> we did. This is, this my, is your superhero this origin is my, story. No, this is my like, <laughs> this is Meg's villain Joker. origin story. This, I, is Joker. this is my Joker moment. Okay, <laughs> it's so. a Joker. Pretty much. Since I finished school, I decided, like, since I finished, like, high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to save up, like, quite a bit of money and I want to do a big, long year of travel after I've done a couple years of uni. So that was supposed to be my year this year. And then I got accepted into an exchange at uni and I was like, perfect, I'll do a couple months of study overseas and then I'll just travel the shit out of my year. And the exchange was in Prato, which is just outside of Florence in Italy, and Corona came along and said, psych, bitch, you are staying in Melbourne. When Corona met Italy. Truly. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Can we have anyway. like sad Italian violin music over this? Like, like well, sad yeah. Italian. Italian. Migrants Absolutely. were here see, like when see. they enter Ellis Island. <laughs> <See>. <laughs> Guys, I was so ready. We um, had like our little plan. We had our little Florence like apartment. We had like a oh rooftop. Meg. We were going to have Aperol hour. It's so sad. I was going to say if it makes you feel any better, but it won't. But if it makes you feel <laughs> seen and understood... <laughs> I also had a holiday to yeah. Europe planned for oh, the middle I'm of so the year. Sorry. And I, mean, I was going to go to like go together three countries. It's one of those things where it's it's not schadenfreude because everyone's in the same situation. It's mm. just like as soon as – so the thing that made me the most upset was my exchange got cancelled quite prematurely. Or not maybe prematurely, probably at the right time. But it just hadn't dawned on us yet the extreme situation that was going to unfold. So we were literally like, they've just fucked us. They've cancelled. We were so furious with Monash. Looking back on it, I'm really glad I'm not in Italy right now. Isn't it crazy? Can you imagine? I was just about to say, Meg, as Mm. we were telling that story, because we knew we were going to do this episode for a long time. It was all about like, you know, how are we going to do the show while Meg's away? Like Eliza and I will still do it, but we'll just like... Do this funny segment. We were going to do a different stuff, yeah, format. Like all these things called the um, megaphone. Maybe. The megaphone Which would be so if funny. If at some point you go on a trip, we will do that. It's very clever. Yeah. But isn't it crazy that literally, like two weeks ago? Oh, two weeks ago, would, I was still going. Meg was like, "Oh no, but I'm still going to go on the trip." Like, I'm, yeah. isn't it crazy? Yeah. And that now we're just like, "Oh no, no one anywhere is going." Yeah, no one's at all. going when anywhere. Do, at least for a year, and that's the yeah. thing. And so crazy, we've come so far. Like in terms, I was really upset initially, like financially, obviously, but everything's getting cancelled and refunded, and. 
we're all in this together, as well, they hey, keep saying. At least you get to live vicariously TV? through through the movies that we're doing today. Lizzie exactly. And yeah. So I'm getting my Italian kicks out of the two movies we're doing. We are doing. We're talking about Roman Holiday. And the Lizzie McGuire movie. So maybe I can live vicariously through them. Indeed. So two movies where a young woman uh, lives the high life in Rome through a little Roma? bit of deception and lies. Mm. And romance. And, and romance. That's in, Let's that do it. it. Should we kick things off? I'm, I'm keen for this Let's, one. I am too. Let's start it off with Roman Holiday. Roman Holiday is a 1953 American romantic comedy film. It's directed by William Wyler and it stars Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck in just a darling little coupling, in my opinion. Mm. It is Audrey Hepburn's uh, introduction to the American mainstream. It's her first, like, sort of lead role. Um, Quite controversially, she also got, like, equal billing with Peck, who was already a huge star in his own right in America. To Kill a Mockingbird come out yeah no i think it's later no 1953 yeah Yeah. um but yeah in other respects a huge star um it is about anne played by audrey hepburn who is the crown prince a crown princess and she's on a state visit to rome um and she abandons her royal duties to experience the freedom and liberty of like a young modern woman in rome she is um, accompanied by Joe, who is a journalist, and it's sort of that whole shtick where it's it's like the um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Shtick, it is, yeah. They're both. It's always a journalist. They're I know. So it's always a journalist. Journalist who knows that she's the I princess, trying to get the story, and then eventually forfeits. But then something the happens that they didn't expect, and they, they fall fell in, in love. love. Um, <sighs> I will Imagine say I meeting Audrey Hepburn and just falling in love with just her. Just falling before. in love. Who would have wow. thought? How could that happen? Um, there's something so like nice watching. There's something really comforting about watching this movie for me. I used to love Audrey Hepburn. I have a huge poster of her in my room, yeah. which I feel like most young girls kind of do. Am I a basic bitch? But you know more else? than right. Breakfast at Tiffany's, okay. so you are fine. That's all good. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but I feel like this is a real feel-good movie to a point, and I sort of admire the film for that. It can feel a little bit sentimental and kitschy in some respects, but when we get to that final mo- like moment when they're saying goodbye to each other. Oh, we'll talk about that ending because to me the only ending, thing that um, I-, I think it's a classic case of like you look at something that's the foundation for like a million other things mm. and you go like, oh, this is obviously wonderful, but just because. Because it was like the first, like yeah, we're doing this with first. Lizzie McGuire, mm. and I think literally the second this movie start, started, I was like, oh, it's a teen movie plot. Like it's like mm. the, there are thousands of movies. It's a about very this exact, Disney like, Channel original Disney Channel movie. original Disney movie Channel. plot. Exactly, yeah. like that's yeah. all what they're based on, and it is just the thing of like you get to watch a charming, authentic like like the original version of that with mm. Audrey doing. We talked about with Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's an Audrey performance that like taps into like a more interesting angle on what her like charming like charismatic presence is mm. but this is pretty much like this the face audrey value presence audrey. of audrey yeah. like what we think of audrey in that way except for the end but other than like that original sense that like it's you know the first to do that kind of trope mm. the ending is so 
unique to me. Like, yeah. I, or at least like yeah, it surprised alone. me and I thought it was quite uh, It's effective. a melancholic ending. Yeah. Do you want to yeah, yeah. tell people kind of that, that ending maybe? So yeah. the ending um, is Joe comes to a press conference that um, is, it's like a press conference. Yeah, yeah. And um, Anne is, he sort of reassures her in his own way, sort of in front of everyone, like I'm, I won't do anything with this story. Um, and it's their sort of moment being it's I think you hear her say like I was so happy or or, and it's them sort of saying goodbye it's It's like I think this weird ambiguous like this is what it was and it was beautiful but that's all it's ever going to be kind of I think that the arc my main problem with the film is uh, I don't think that Audrey's character like her arc to get there is solid enough like I don't think it kind of probes into her like not not that needs to be a movie about privilege but like Mm. it just doesn't really talk about that stuff but I think it's a really beautiful ending to have her them face to face, and instead of a big like, you know, the Disney Channel version, which mm. is like, yeah, this journalist is now like I'm marrying him, and like I don't care what you'll say, and I'm mm. still going to be a bit fun. It's literally her being like, okay, like I had a great day, but I've grown up a little bit, and mm. I have these responsibilities that I love and that I'm proud of. You know, it's like she kind of views what her role as one to not be like feel like she doesn't treat like a burden yeah. for the first time in the movie. And it's she, they kind of just recognise yeah. that the day they had was what it was and they and it ends and it's really optimistic yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, love I would it. go so far as to say I like the ending more than the rest of the movie and I almost yeah, don't so I like, think I do too. I, I know, almost earns it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think so either. I think yeah. I agree. I don't know. I didn't remember the ending. I remembered this film for just it being like, Audrey Hepburn. Riding on the on a as Audrey on, a, on, a, yeah, on her Italian thing. holiday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, okay. I don't know that it fit in as well, but it was definitely the most dignified moment in the film for me. Totally. Well, it's a bit, again, like I think it would be a much more like memorable journey if mm-hmm. it had been interrogating the things it does at the end the whole time. Uh, I do want to quickly point out that um, I really like William Wyler. Like I love Ben-Hur. It's one mm-hmm. of those films that we really talk about like, you know, an old relic. It's some like musty really, old classic. Yeah. yeah, and it's like fun. Yeah, you know, it's like on not like gem, like nine gem on like a Sunday, and like it's yeah. cool for the locations. <laughs> but I actually find it. I, I am a big sucker for the whole like. If something has like a history to it in the landscape of cinema, it'll work easier on me than it does on other people. We've yeah. already seen that a bit in the podcast, but I think that movie is so sense of location and like space is so grand, and. I think it's pretty interesting that this film opens pretty much being like this movie is going to look beautiful because it's like a title card that says mm, mm. this movie was filmed on location, on location. in Rome. Yeah. And I think that's like quite beautiful in the film as well. Like I think I think William Wyler like really depicts that beautifully in that like you see all these little sights of the city but but what I would Never say in the like really clinical, I don't know, it just doesn't feel very clinical. It feels quite like authentic and like ground level. See, I don't know me. that I agree. This feel like the tourist guide to Rome. Like there's right. nothing yeah, inherently feel... Italian about this film. I think right. both of you are kind of right in that you say like it's it can be authentic and it can feel like an ad at the same time. Like yeah. you know, maybe that causes problems for whether we really relate and connect to the story in a meaningful way. But I think I think for me it's a bonus being like oh it kind of feels like I just went to Rome or watched That's like what I, yeah. Sweet, yeah this breezy is like documentary the about it or something. Yeah. There Do are points that are definitely that, where it feels like that. <laughs> yes. I I don't like though that like everyone's American. 
like yeah you know what i mean it doesn't like the, speaking the people and like the vibe doesn't necessarily feel yeah like we're in Rome. same problem as tokyo drift where it's yeah. like they go out of their way to be like don't worry everyone can yeah. speak English very similar everyone's films. very yeah. easy and God, like we'll remember? communicate with the main characters yo just take a moment episode three god do you remember that all those years ago. We were so young. Oh, a simple we time. We were so young. One thing I would <laughs> ask you guys, because this the reason that this film is in black and white, it was intended to be shot in colour oh. and it wasn't because it was so expensive filming on location in Rome. Wow. Do you think the film is very disadvantaged by the fact that it is black and white? I did not know that, Meg. Um, God, I'm so clever. Yeah, God, you got him, don't you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I find... It kind of has that feeling of like, you know, like if a dumb team movie was like, I just want to like curl up in bed with my boyfriend and watch a black and white movie. Like it's that kind of movie, you know, like it is that. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think it's a beautiful looking film. Yeah. Know, I'm sure it would have feels... been great in colour too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it, I think there's something lost. I for some reason didn't remember it being in black and white. Wow. And but Russia, maybe that's like, a testament to how good the black and white visuals are. That yeah, that it doesn't feel vibrant and memorable inhibited. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. When we compare the pics, I will be pointing out that that is in stark contrast to now everything's technicolor in This Is What Dreams Are Made now Of that Lizzie sings. Technicolor. Guys, save Amazing. it for Lizzie. Give this for I can't. I'm so <laughs> sorry, my queen. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, I think as well if we're gonna sorry (laughs) (laughs) so if we're gonna think of this film as sort of um at least a significant chapter in the career of Audrey Hepburn do you think that without this film she still would have had the career that she had like do you think without like kind of for me this film comes across as a bit of like a personality piece where it's more of an introduction to her I was gonna say and without that where would she have been pretty textbook example of the way we use films with like the introducing thing now you know like it literally is that thing that which we don't get so much these days yeah and again like I think there's I think we are too quick to shut down anything that isn't complete versatility in the Mm -hmm. sense that like I don't like that now when we have actors we go like they have to be able to play everything or, mm. or else they suck. Like I like the idea that sometimes you, you introduce most of our first introduction to like actors we now know and love that can play anything was them playing. If you looked at them, what is the most like textbook brand yeah, image be, you yeah. think of them? And then from there they broaden out. And I think yeah. it's quite endearing to be like Audrey Hepburn. She looks like a print, like a princess, like and a she, gorgeous, yeah. like charming yeah. princess. Yeah. And that's like your first experience with her. I think the it's movie a is pretty great debut. example of that. Yeah, the movie's her debut and the role itself feels like a debutante role where it's like yeah. she's oh, exactly. young and fresh and beautiful. Here it's literally is. the debutante, yeah. And it's yeah. worth noting that Audrey Hepburn was cast in this film after a screen test um, William Wyler caught footage of her upon finishing the scene but before, like after they'd yelled cut but before they'd stopped filming and she was cast because of her interactions with the crew members in her screen test. Oh, wow. After she'd done her scene, not because of the scene. That's so interesting. Um, because of how she held herself and her demeanour. That really speaks to the conversation we had about Audrey in our Breakfast at Tiffany's episode. Yeah, kind of. yeah. Um, you know, also the idea of her being royalty. She is this really the European woman, like the European. Ballerina posture. Ballerina, yeah. And I think if I'm like you know, glancing at the wiki page, which I am right now, I note that this film is selected 
for preservation at the state's National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. The only reason I could think of that it's there is because of Audrey Hepburn. Like why else would that, I I can't see any other reason why this film would be remembered by the Library of Congress. I definitely go like, sorry, after you, Eliza. (laughs) I think it's interesting that, um, I mean, it's called Roman Holiday and it feels that like that much of a like fun, breezy diversion. Like it has this Mm. holiday vibe to it where like the characters at the end, you're like, oh, that was nice. Let's go home. Like yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it it can feel a bit insubstantial, but it's funny that to us it feels like that now. And then on the wiki page, when you read back through the history of the project, so many of the people, so many of the, like the writer Dalton Trumbo and the assistant director these people were all outed as communists. Like yeah. after the film came out, it's like, oh, these people were like the edgy Hollywood rebels that like <laughs> yeah. the system couldn't handle yeah. and wanted to get rid of. Like that the is hell? interesting. There are so many people who are uncredited um, before like the remastering in like 2000 because yeah. they were blacklisted, which wow, is crazy. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. And it feels um, like such a traditional like inoffensive film where you're like, yeah. they came up with this? Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. I would have thought they'd have something more rebellious to say, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, should we start talking about the Lizzie McGuire movie? I, I beg of you that we do. <laughs> Let's I do can't it. Wait. This is what dreams are made of. Lizzie, 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 Lizzie. Lizzie. Lizzie McGuire movie is a 2003 American teen film released by Disney and it is the finale, well, finale so far if they get another reboot out of them, of the uh, Disney Channel TV series of the same name. Oh, Lizzie McGuire, not the Lizzie McGuire movie. And it stars little baby Duff, little Hilary Duff. <sighs> Playing a 15-year-old child as, however, she looks like. She looks real old. Ridiculous, yeah. Um, It follows Lizzie as she travels to Rome on a class trip, which is really, in like, that's a crazy class trip. Or is that just me? Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're 15. They went to Italy. They went to Italy and they just, like, vibed out. Like, they just seemingly for nothing. Like, she's like, can't wait for you guys to learn some history. And it's like, read the book. (laughs) Your kids, this doesn't matter yet. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, it is another uh, case of mistaken identity. Um, Lizzie is mistaken for Isabella. Isabella by Paolo, a famous like duet singing duo, I don't know. <laughs> and he um, involves her in this ruse to perform at this. The, it's like the what, VMAs of Italy or something. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> In, except he deceives her. I feel like, is anyone listening to this podcast and doesn't know what the Lizzie McGuire this, movie is? This is one of those episodes you, that like, is, I know will do if, well because everyone we know or would associate with yeah. loves this movie and knows this movie back to front, right? I have a really <laughs> funny story everyone we Truly, know. If I, if you don't, I, wouldn't, I probably don't know you if you haven't seen this movie because of that. Like yeah. this movie establishes personalities oh, that yeah. you grow into <laughs> this is and such that's a, why I am who I am. This is like, and it was perfect for our age group, I reckon, because we, what, totally. 2004 we would have seen this. Well, we grew up it's loving like six, all seven, the like no, teen movie, sleepover movie kind of things and I would say my 
main pinnacle foundational ones are this and High School Musical 2. Yeah, huge. Yeah. It's a bad time to tell you that yeah. I haven't seen the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, <laughs> this will be the last episode of Twin Peaks. <laughs> it, wow. Literally just like, this is the kind of episode where I'm like, wow. before we talk about like how the plot functions or like what we think of the movie, blah, blah, blah. Like there's just so many little bits. There's yeah. so many things Parents, we talk about because we know it so well. Parents, shut your pie I was holes. hoping you'd kick off with this because um, we're now going to cross over to a little audio clip of our wonderful mother, Leanne. Um, I know It's her favorite. Yeah, I made sure we recorded it. Don't you worry. Uh, one of her favorite quotes of all time is parents shut your pie holes Alex and anything. Alex Borstein as the Ungermeyer in as Liz McGuire. Miss, Miss Ungermeyer says. And uh, just, just listen in, enjoy. Parents shut your pie holes. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm getting sent back home because I tried to help my friend Lizzie. Oh, no. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, there so are stressful. so many moments in this movie. Who did I watch it with? And their favourite moment is when the concierge is, oh, goes, we, we serve at the five. The cookies. cookies. And they remembered so specifically how he like. <laughs> He's very good. <laughs> so the concierge is like checking at the very end in the very final act final scene where the pastor's being taken out after the performance and everyone's celebrating. Oh. And then he picks up like a plate to be like, oh, it's not right. And he He's goes, like, ah. he goes, oh. I'm oh, losing his that plate. That so part well. stuck out to me this time as well. And so I was like, oh, weird. I didn't, never got that back then. And I don't get it now. But I like a it. A big sign that I've grown up as a person is that I used <laughs> yeah. to think Matt, the brother, was like really cool. And now I'm like, <laughs> Lizzie's annoying nice little brother, man. You go get euthanized. Like, I still think start. Ethan is a That's baddie. a bit aggressive. I'm sorry, he's a child. He's, he's a child. But like, he's really mean. Ethan Craft. He's really mean. Ethan Craft. Ethan is much more attractive in the movie than in the TV show, don't you reckon? You know, when um, he's like, he grew I, into I, his I read the list. Like, oh, Ethan, you're a fool, but a beautiful one. You know? Ethan, oh, totally. <laughs> um, The bit with him talking to... Uh, so many things to talk about. The bit with Ethan talking to the bully girl, whatever her name is. Kate, remember, Kate. Kate, about the spaghetti has not aged well, where he's like, you should be a cool girl and yeah. eat food. You and should she's just like, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally. Wow. Um, okay. I don't know where to start. I have start. a big thought. I have a really big thought. I need to, so yeah. the opening does not work for me now at all what? because she... What is embarrassing and about her dancing? It's so charming and endearing. Hello, Essentially, man. her brother is trying to like film it and like, I'm going to blackmail you. I'm like, um, you're singing and lip syncing really well. Yeah. I would post that on my socials. That's like a TikTok. Maybe that's a difference between Gen Y and Gen Z. Yeah, they're you embarrassed know? of express, like to yeah. express themselves. Yeah. They, they have a different place. idea of coolness. Whereas for yeah. us, I- irony is just such a bigger thing now where we're like, who yeah. cares? Like, yeah, I'll post that. Yeah. Going back wow. to the bully character of Kate, mm. um, to this day, it astounds me. Eliza, like one of Eliza's like friends from school that oh, they yeah, grew up hanging yeah, out with, yeah, Sophie called Drudge. Sophie Drodge. Sophie Villisi, I would you always really tell like her, Kate. I'm like, I'm sorry, you look and sound exactly it's like Kate. Like she's beautiful. No, but she's she would gorgeous. sometimes she would be like, oh, we like didn't know how to feel about it. If you're listening, like, I'm sorry, you literally, I close my eyes and it's Sophie, it's Sophie Drudge. Yeah. Wow, I can't even, I don't even know how to articulate my feelings about this movie because I'm just so overwhelmed by nostalgia. Like I just then was like, oh, another good line when she's like, Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. repeater. And she goes, 
well, well you're your outfit remember, remember which is just, just pathetic. pathetic this is so bad that we know it so well why is this so embedded like how much great. of my brain yeah. capacity is taken up i think it's one of the endearing this. ones where like you watch i say endearing so much it's one of the nice ones where like you watch it now and you go like Yes, this was like fun when we were kids, but now it's still like quality. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. it's a funny film. Like, but is it just the nostalgic <laughs> value? If I watch this now, lands. would I be like, yeah. It all lands. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I don't know how well it would work if I just like watched it for the first time. But like, I laugh all the time and we're going to need a whole new segment to talk about the finale. Oh yeah. wow! This is... I get goosies thinking about it. Oh, who <laughs> like, doesn't? Do it. Oh, when set she... it up, what happens? So, so, oh wow. Okay, so. Lizzie is confronted by Gordo and the real Isabella just as she is about to take the stage at the performance at the Coliseum. And they confront (laughs) her. I know, as if. Anyway, they confront her with the news that no, Paolo is not a good guy. He is using you to humiliate Isabella and ruin her career because Isabella wanted to write authentically and sing authentically and she threatened to oust Paolo as the lip syncer that he actually is. Sing for me, Paolo. So on stage, Lizzie and like Isabella as well, they like set it up and they just drop the whatever mic or something. They cut Paolo's mic. They cut his yeah, mic. And he's so bad. Like, oh, how did he, he goes, can't oh, sing? Oh, this is my dreams are made of. Yeah. Sorry. Everyone Anthony. laughs at Paolo. Well, you know Isabella what? You Anthony would know that that was about to happen care. if you knew how the movie went. I have seen that clip actually. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then by far my favorite moment personally. This is a bit controversial of the um, little performance is when she goes, now everything's Technicolor. She points up the lights go Technicolor and then they whip off her overskirt. She's got a little jumpsuit on. There's a jumpsuit, pants under the skirt. in the same fabric. And we need to give attention as well to the backup dancers who are so attractive. The boy, like the black Everywhere. And he does like the little shimmy, 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 shimmy. Darcy, my our personal favorite bit is, it also... Okay, it goes into my other favorite bit in the song. So it's a shot from the back of her reaching yeah, up and shaking, and you can and she's like, she shakes she out the hands, and you see the crowd, and you see the crowd flashing, behind. and then the next line is so it's she goes, "This is what dreams." Oh, I yeah, love it. Wow. That's my favorite, of, and it's like oh. it concludes like by going down or whatever. Like the melody yeah. is like resolved, oh. and she's like, "I made it, baby." I'm here, it's I'm Lizzie McGuire. So this is my movie. What we've done just now in this little segment, you guys, is not at all criticise the movie. We've just talked about <laughs> parts People of the movie. People know all these things about it. Everyone is probably no, just listening to this and it's like, yes, I know. You know that this happens. So I, I will care. say, this is this is like quite a compare the picks thought, but here's my big thought, right? With some kinds of films, we talk a lot about like the validity of um, like tropes and formula. Like sometimes you watch a thing that follows a very overdone formula and you're like, well, that's why the formula exists. Mm. So with that conversation about like, well, something like you said, that's like remembered as like the OG, how valid is it that we still watch that one? With mm. some kinds of films, I go watching the one that started that trope and that kind of film, that plot, exact plot device, like pretty much to a T, sometimes that's really rewarding because in it is so much other stuff that makes you go like, wow, nobody's done it like that. Or just like, it's important to remember it. With this one, I go, literally Lizzie McGuire makes me so happy (laughs) that I would, whilst being able to say the words, I recognize Roman Holiday as being very special 
and important, I would just never, ever watch it over Lizzie McGuire. And like, oh I God. think Lizzie McGuire is much better. Well, should we, can you just, should we jump into comparing the pics or? Wait, I need to read no. something. You're saying oh, yeah, it's it. impossible to criticize Lizzie McGuire movie. Did either of you guys read Roger Ebert's original review of the film? I don't need to know. He's dead. He won't, he doesn't care anymore. He's fine. And now we know why yeah, he's well, dead. Because he criticizes so the McGuire movie. No, sorry, yeah. he was a wonderful man. <laughs> um, he like hates Lizzie McGuire. He like, not, not the film. The film, I think he gave like two stars or three stars. He hates the character. He's so mean to her. Do you want me to read this line? Yeah. I, really I don't know how much I can deal with, but give me a little bit. My heart can't handle it. This will boil, boil your blood. He said, the Lizzie McGuire movie celebrates popularity, beauty, great hair, lip gloss, and overnight stardom. Those universal obsessions of pop teenage culture. Lizzie herself obviously has never had a real idea in her silly little head. And in the real world, her sunny naivete is going to lead to crushing disappointments. She's She'll 15. be the sad. No, listen to this. <laughs> She'll be the sad and silent one in the corner at the 2023 class reunion. Oh, How dare oh you? my god. My That's god. a pretty fun thing to write on paper. She's having a 20-year reunion in three years. I wonder what she's yeah. Guess what, Roger Ebert? 99% of my knowledge about Italian culture is based on this movie. <laughs> so shut up. Wow. Also, also, what's wrong with liking lip gloss and pop stars and whatever else he said? Like, oh, That's God. All I, care I love about. that we talk so much about, we've talked about so many movies, well, or essentially all the teen movies. Such a great thing in teen movies is like indulging child the, the trivial. power fantasies. Yeah. Like yeah. that Freaky Friday oh, thing yeah, of the being, fantasies. the Freaky Friday thing of being like, I. Well, like proving to my mum that my life's hard too. The parent trap thing of being mm. like, I'm not, I'm smarter than you think I am. This movie's thing of being like, I want to be a, I want to be a pop star. No, like, not even that. This so movie's sweet. thing of being like, I can handle this situation and I can stick up for my friends totally. or stick up for the right thing. And like, and a also, hot guy will pick me out of the crowd and be like, I yeah. need you to help. It's so thing. sweet. Wow. Even, it makes yeah. me feel like a teenage girl all, all over again. Aww. You know, what's the one criticism I could make of this film? Yeah, Go. what? The Lelaine erasure that Miranda's not in the film. Yeah, it's so tacky. I was about to say it's so helpful because you don't want Miranda dragging around Miranda the movie. Would really I like drag her. Down. But well, she um, would have just got the Miranda role. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, oh, Dars, but that's a nice development. Das wanted me to point out two things so we watch it together. Okay. Um, one of which is that it forgets that the f- last episode of Lizzie McGuire is her kissing Gordo, mm. and they do the Gordo thing over again, which is kind of. Aww. A problem. Um, ultimate friend zoning movie. You couldn't really do that anymore. And the other one is we pissed ourselves because you know she's like in bed pretending to be sick all the time. Mm, she's got corona. Yeah. What? Wow. She's got coronavirus. No, she doesn't because she's not actually sick. She's pretending to be sick. Okay. Well. Whatever. Let us so, have a fun di- topical jokes. Stupid. Let's compare the pics. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Now it is time to compare the picks. I know which way I'm leaning. Good luck, Audrey. I know. You're get oh my buried. god! <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you said it, Noah. When it's like, do we have to indulge the original 
because it was the original, because it is like the precursor for this entire genre of teen film? Or do we just go with what our heart yeah. wants? And personally, the nostalgic value. The heart wants value, what it wants. <laughs> and it's not, you know what? It's not even as if there isn't any nostalgic value in Roman Holiday, at least for me personally. And I think we are I doing that right Audrey now. Like, and that's I used what to we're watch, doing. Yeah, and I used to watch her movies all the time. Like, I, I've seen this Roman Holiday a few times when I was younger. But oh, Lizzie McGuire, maybe it's just like when I saw it and where it stayed fixed in my mind since yeah. then. I just can't abandon it. I can't, I can't, you know, be disloyal to it. Literally. Wow. Sorry. I, I think so. I have you to go. He he go. <laughs> oh lord. Speak. Okay. I wonder how much of this is because Lizzie McGuire is a Cinderella story. Another great <laughs> Hillary <Yeah>. Duff classic. <laughs> but it's a story of a normal person being flung into a crazy situation, and we see ourselves as that person because our lives are boring. And yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> Roman Holiday is a reverse Cinderella story. She's like beautiful, yeah, yeah. But also, she starts off in a position of power, and she longs to have our normal, boring life. And we're yeah. like, "What the no. fuck? You're so dumb! Like, go yeah. be a princess." I, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's just like part of it that Liz McGuire is more relatable for that. Like, it's just some innate thing that we always want to see ourselves as the main character. Yeah, I think. I do still stand by what I said earlier that the greatest moment of sincerity for me in Roman Holiday is that final scene and their goodbye. That is the most inspiring or realistic part of the movie as well. And it sits with you the longest. Yeah. I wonder if I would feel a bit kinder to be a bit kinder to Roman Holiday in this comparison if more of the film had that like wokeness. I completely where it agree. doesn't seem to come to that conclusion until literally the very Because it wouldn't hold it back from being what it wants to be still. Yeah. Like, I just think I get frustrated that it, it thinks that it just has to be that, like, romance If anything, thing. it could have heightened the stakes and, like, the, the, the stakes for her to have this amazing, liberating experience of her own accord. Like, yeah. They just never really got to that Because honestly, there's so many other parts that don't inspire me to talk about it right now. Like, I think about all the different little tricks that him and his, like, photographer Mm. play, all the, like, jokes. And, like, they're all, like, perfectly functional. Um, But none of them... Like, I can film myself sinking into this seat because I haven't been talking about Lizzie for, like, 30 seconds now. <laughs> like, you know? It's, like, insulin. Like, yeah. like a oh, my God. I think I disagree. I don't know if there was there's something I would change about Roman Holiday to make it more substantial or to make it earn that ending more. Like, mm. scenes of Audrey Hepburn first kind of being liberated from her duties and, like, going to go get a haircut. Getting a like, haircut that scene is such is, a thing for me. Yeah. Too. yeah. It's two or three minutes, but I feel like you are really there with her and it makes you remember the first times that you experience like mundane stuff like that, that, you know. I, I just think um, I wish I, I wish there was more of a reflection of the idea of like we open up and she's spoiled and she has this privilege and she doesn't really recognise that and she sees it exclusively as a bad thing. And then in the very last scene, we see a really touching moment of her coming to terms with that responsibility and deciding to embrace it and love it. I would like something in the middle that's her seeing the... How spoiled like the, she is or something. No, more so like the the grace and like what, what her 
like responsibilities give to other people. Like maybe she sees how happy like people she feel. Like people, she makes yeah. the people around her. Like she hears people talk and about the, the princess and they're like, oh, the has. royal family's here and yeah. stuff. And she's like, oh, wow, my role and responsibility is actually one to be proud of and mm. I, I want that responsibility back. You know what I mean? I just feel like that is like a missing step that maybe would uh, invest me a bit more. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I want to I, – I uh, I'm still going to say Lizzie McGuire will win. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I – on this watch, I really appreciated um, Roman Holiday as kind of like if it was a meal, it would be gelato. You know, it would be like mm. this night, nice light, really refreshing, like palate cleansing, citrusy little holiday that maybe yeah. like, mm. you know, maybe it's not especially nutritious or like yeah. you don't <laughs> take away anything new about the world from it. But yeah, but I, it is I, what it yeah. is. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think you swayed me a little bit. Yeah. I think but I'm not moderate. enough, baby. Not enough. Oh, totally. Again, I think because pretty... of the form of this podcast, it makes us go like one of these is like, you know, we speak down on the one that we're not picking a lot. But obviously, like, oh, I think exactly amazing. what you said is right. Like, we are recognizing Roman Holiday in its place in history right now by talking about it and saying that it deserves that. But when I talk about which one is more impactful on me, on my friends, like which one informs like, you know, yeah. jokes and all, like I think about all the nights I would have spent like laughing over that movie and having fun with people about that movie. Mm. And yeah, it's, it's just Lizzie McGuire movie for me movie. Also for a mile. the bit where she tries on all the outfits. Oh my God. Oh, the fashion. The, exactly. It does all Come of those girl. tropes Give of all those teen movies better than it's any other one. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's a terrific power fant, like child power fantasy, and it's definitely and a smash. So Lizzie Noah, that's Lizzie. Yeah, and you, Eliza, Lizzie. Yep, I'm a lesbian. Well, so am I. (laughs) So it's a clean sweep. Well done, Lizzie McGuire. Not like she could be, you know, critically acclaimed anymore. Anymore, literally. I love. I love that we've established a pattern of looking at a lot of like casual teen movies and recognizing them for like how truly great they just are. Being like, this We've is done that amazing. They make we have done feel. that a bunch. Yeah. Like it's actually like, gr- there's just something to be said about a movie that makes you feel really, really good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Well oh. done us. Well, should we invite down our little triplet in the attic? Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And now it is time for Triplet in the Attic, the segment where we take a third bit of media. It could be a song, another movie, a TV show. We've had people suggested before. Yeah. Max. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway. Dumb. Um, <laughs> it's dumb. Um, and it, uh, it will serve as like a thematic triplet for our double feature. Eliza, would you like to kick things off from afar? Yeah. I'm going to pick a song called Rome, but it's not R-O-M-E. It's R-O-A-M by the B-52s. <laughs> Stop saying everything is oh. stupid. Let, let <laughs> her live. I wonder if, is this in either of the movies? You know that song, Rome, if you want to roam oh, around no. the world. I had no idea that's what they were saying. That would be very Rome. clever. What do you I think they were saying? 
Rogue, R-O-G-U-E. Rogue, oh. if you want to. Like, go rogue, you know. I also it's, didn't know it was by the, the same meaning, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, when I hear this song, there's a specific dance move I think of, which is, like... Describe oh, it. Paint me a word oh, picture. Can I describe this? Okay, it's, like, you're, like, torso and hips are, like, kind of, like, <laughs> torso doing, like, a the pump word. thing. Oh. And <laughs> then, like, with each pump, like, your hands, your hands are in fists. By a side? One, no. Oh, I think I know what you're talking one about. One of them is like, getting raised above your head. Oh, like, you're punching like this. It's like this, isn't it? It's I like, you like a Cronenberg creature. Wait, what are your arms doing? With, like, deformed limbs. <laughs> what are your arms doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, what I, I, what, forget it. Just forget it. Just picture I want. Anything. I want... Listeners to like send us a video of what they think the movie is, yeah, and Eliza love that. can tell us. Please do. I know, ex- yeah. Oh, it's just so annoying. I don't know if it's even a move that people do. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's like a '60s, <laughs> like beachy, like beach blanket bingo, like kind of go go. Are you punching your? Or are you like? It's kind of like. Please let me go. <laughs> <laughs> Release are you like me. swinging your arms? <laughs> can we have video and I can show you? Oh no! Oh, do, it do it later. Okay, sorry guys, sorry listeners. Oh, okay, right, good job, thanks Eliza. Podcast. No, what's yours? <laughs> no, what's yours? Um, so I kind of felt that the conversation would go in the direction of like one of these things is very sweet and nostalgic and like touching, but a bit like not dated, but just like not that impactful now. Um, and the other is like really fun and entertaining, but like pretty like light. Fair. So I picked something in the middle that's also about two people falling in love uh, in a foreign place, and that is my favourite romantic film of all time, Before Sunrise. Yay. Actually, Before Sunset's probably my favourite, but still, like, same series. Same thing. Um, Before Sunrise is a beautiful film, first in a trilogy by Richard Linklater, Um, and it's about... Link later, uh, baby. The boy Meg. Meg is a r- link later. Gal. I'm a shout link, link now. Link later. Link later. <laughs> link later. And uh, Mr. Anderson are Meg's go-to They're boys. boys. Um, and it's essentially about two people who are on a train and they're about to stop in Vienna. And Ethan Hawke is like, hey, do you want to get off this train with me? Because like, I have a day until my flight and I was just going to hang out. So do you want to spend the day with me? And that's what they do. And it's just the classic it's the best depiction ever of that can you fall in love in a day thing. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful and the location is a big part of the movie as well. And I think obviously location wow. is very prominent mm-hmm. in these two films too. Good choice. So that's my pick before Sunrise. Good pick. My favourite scene in that movie is really early on, you know, where they go into like a record shop and you can see like both of them oh. like, oh my gosh, we're going to go into this record booth and kiss while we're listening to this song. Oh, it's so good. And they listen to the song and like neither of them can bring themselves to kiss and you and can see them like it. getting bummed out as they realise like, no, oh, it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen, yeah. It becomes really awkward. Like it's so It's romantic. so good. Oh, that movie is amazing. And I love how like so many of the chats they have are not sexy. Like they talk about so many things like that isn't that romantic. Yeah. But everything in that day is romantic, you know. Oh, great. Wow, good choice. Um, my triplet in the attic, it very much echoes the sentiment. Oh no, it doesn't. It echoes the <laughs> like <laughs> the the ending of Roman Holiday, save for the sad bit. It's like the happy version of like that context. The film I've chosen is also one of my favorite rom coms. It's Notting Hill. At the very yes. end of Notting Hill, Julia Roberts' character. 
um, is giving a press conference and Hugh Grant's character pretends to be – oh, Eliza, thank you so much for scoring this for me. Um, <laughs> I, I realised the only word I know is she, she can be a million. Be a million. <laughs> That's all I know, too, yeah. Um, Hugh Grant, like, pretends to be a journalist and sort of asks her all these questions, being like, are you going to stay here or, like, will you be with me? And it's so moving. You see her. Okay, so. Oh, my God, I'm getting really (laughs) overwhelmed. It's just so beautiful, the moment where they're both sort of looking at each other and then he, someone had earlier asked a question being like, will you be staying in England and she said no. And then she asks, she goes to her manager, she's like, make that other journalist ask the question again. And so he goes, for the second time, the journalist goes, will you be staying in England or like returning to America? And she looks at Hugh Grant and she's like, it's almost, she gives this gesture, it's so small, of being like, should I stay here? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, indefinitely. And then it's so cute. Oh, oh. my God, I'm getting really emotional thinking about it. But yeah, it's got that Elvis Costello song over it and it's just beautiful. And it's the same ending as Roman Holiday. I didn't explain that well at all. I no, just you got did. A bit. I felt that. No, that good. just got a little bit overwhelmed bit about it. <laughs> I could cry. I don't know. Anyway, so that's it. That's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Let's have episode. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Twin Peaks. If you had a good time, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss on uh, miss out on any of our new episodes. And we also would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on whichever platform that you are listening from and spread the word as well um, about our podcast to any friends or family that you might be isolating with. Check out the socials and the Yeah, Facebook check out our Facebook, our Instagram. Um, you could also check out a little-known website called roughcutfilm.com. Yes, you could. Um, very good. Which also has young writers talking about films and they are keeping pretty busy um, It's this corona... Ooh. Crisis. Mm-hmm. And in next week's episode, if you want to follow along with us, we will be watching and talking about Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct. Let's get sexy. Yes. <laughs> 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 I need to lock up all my little bunnies. Oh. Keep them away from you. So sad. Uh, anyway, thanks, guys. See ya. Catch up. I'm ready for that. Every time that I get this I, feeling, you give me something to believe in. I don't know how many words. I don't think it did because you were out of time. It's really hard singing with you. Do I try and harmonize? I think not only did the harmony not work, but the phrases didn't happen at the same time. Wait, let's try and harmonize. We'll do the one, two, three thing and try and harmonize. One, two, three. I think we all did like basically the same note. Yeah, and then became one. Do it. One more. One, two, three. Nah, didn't like we ordered the same one again. We must be making like micro adjustments to make it sound good. Hi everyone. Um, this is just a quick little update to let you know what is happening with us with regards to the coronavirus situation at the moment. Um, so as you may or may not know, um, we often record a bunch of our episodes quite close together and then release them progressively over a few weeks before catching up to record again rather than meeting every week. Um, and so at the time of recording of our last few episodes, um, we were intending, as Meg has just said, to do a Basic Instinct and Fatal Attraction episode soon. Um, and that was actually before the lockdowns were put into place in Melbourne. 
Um, so it's looking like for at least in the near future, we um, may not be able to be putting out proper episodes because we're kind of uh, doing the right thing and trying to distance from each other. Um, but uh, I do know that Noah is planning to put a bunch of sort of extra content up on Instagram and those sorts of things, um, and maybe even doing like Facebook Live uh, videos and stuff like that of them watching movies. So um, yeah, that may well be in the works. Um, and obviously you will be the first people to know when um, we are uh, able to get together again. We'll put out another little announcement and um, start back up as soon as possible. So yeah, anyway. Hope everyone's doing well and safe, um, and uh, as much as possible, do your best to social distance as well, um, and we will uh, speak to you soon. All right, bye.